even starting earlier than planned. Wonderful. Hello, Melissa. Dear ones, when you hold Rage Club online, especially online, I mean, it also is true on if you hold space for Rage Club physically, but online <clears throat> you can feel it more because physically when people start coming into the space, usually you have a, a chance to hug them, greet them. They can move into the space. They can go and talk to other people. They can go meet other people, check in with other people, which is not really possible online. You can't really have a private conversation when you're just entering the space and everybody's you know, listening to that private conversation. And so it is a, I recommend for you, part of Rage Club, like one of the distinction of Rage Club is about integrity. It's about precision. This is what anger can be used for. It's integrity and precision. And one of the ways is you start on time and you end on time. And in that regard, I haven't been really an example in terms of uh, finishing on time, but on starting on time, I, it is a respect of the people who make it on time. And it is also uh, an agree, a commitment. It's a promise that you make to the universe saying, the Rage Club starts at 4.30 here, Brazil time. And so we start at 4.30. And, um, and, and this is an important conversation to have with your participant about why are you coming late? Because people who are late to your Rage Club, they're late to their life. That, that is their life. They're late to live their life. Okay, well, what is that? You know, where does this come from? So that's a great opening for... Uh, discovering somebody's, you know, uh, behavior, like unconscious pattern. But what I was wanting to say is that, so I recommend you as space holder to be there five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes earlier and see show, who shows up in the space 15 to 10 to five minutes early or, you know, one minute before or right at the time or late. And already you have so much information about what's going on in their life. Okay, but the thing is, if you show up 15 minutes, you, you're holding the space and people are coming in, they're scared. Just like you have some degrees of fear just walking into this space, the people who come to your, your, your rage club are scared. And so, you know, what are you gonna do with them for 15 minutes before it starts? Because you can't start, you can't start before, before everybody's in the space. And you can start practicing here. When you come in this space early, most of you uh, don't say hello. Most of, some of you don't even make eye contact or some of you come you know, always just one minute before. Or so um, what are you doing? What are you doing with this? We have, even if it's two minutes, two minutes in a human being's life, is huge. And what are you doing with those two minutes? So one hint that I can give you, I mean, what I do, and then you'll figure out what, what you do. But one thing that I do is I have some form of, um, I wouldn't call it small talk, but sort of a way to bring in people into the space. So before most of you arrived, for example, Julia Mendel was here first, and I can look at a wall and see there's all these papers on the wall and it's like, what the hell is this? You know, 
who is this woman? Who is this witch who comes into this space with all these papers on the wall? Who I want to find out who she is. And so I ask, I had, you know, anyway, I just made a guess. I said, is, are those your to-do list? You know, and she said, yes. And I was like, okay, this is a busy woman. Okay, well, then she's an interesting woman to have in the space. In my space, that would be an interesting woman to have in the space. Because if she's busy, that means she's creating. Okay, well, what are you creating? And how can, you know, how can this space help you create? So anyway, it was just, it was a 30 seconds conversation, but it was a way to bring also Julia in the space when she was not here last week. And, and, and bring some, whatever, some lightness. But after that, what I usually do is I, I, I create this being to being connection individually with each person who comes into the space. It's this connection from my being. So it's not just from my heart, it's really from my being, through my box, through their box, to their being. And saying, hello, you know, hello, this is, I wanna to talk to you. Okay, I don't wanna to talk to the rest of your parts or not all of them, you know, I want to talk to the being part. And, and then I, when I do that, I create this, um, this space that is um, like different. For example, what I noticed, what I did before, and let me know if you've ever had that, it's called stage fright. So you walk into a space, especially on Zoom, where you see your face. It's horrible. Zoom is horrible for that. You see your face. And, and there you're there with a bunch of people. You're the space holder. You know, you're the one who's navigating the space. And they're all waiting on you to say something. And if you take your center and put it just a little bit in front of you, like a meter in front of you, and then you turn your attention and put it on yourself, for example, by saying, what should I say? What should I say? God, I need to be smart or I need to look that I'm having it together or whatever this thing is. So this is putting your center in front of you, turning your attention, putting it on yourself. What you get is stage fright. You get this, you're looking at yourself behaving. Does anybody know what I'm talking about here? Okay. okay. So the, when, when you notice doing that, take back your center, put your energetic center on your physical center and put your attention onto your people. Okay. If you have your attention on yourself, the energy goes to you. It's a mechanical thing where, you, where your energy goes, your energy flows. Where, at, where, you, sorry, where your attention goes, your energy flows. Okay, so if you put your attention on yourself, the entire energy of the space is towards you and it's way too much. It is way too much. The energy that you have, the energy of the space, it will make your box freak out. So you take your center, put it back on your um, physical center and then you move your attention out, outwards towards them, towards the space. And then you can start having this being to being connection and this scanning, you know, and, and when, when I scan, I have practiced, um, I don't know if we'll have a chance to practice this, but you can practice it in other space. There's a website for it called Speaking from the Unknown. And then when I, I scan the people here in this space, I have this connection to the unknown and the, the unknown will give me maybe the next thing to say. I have other resources 
that, that give me the next line in the script. We're talking here about this line in the script, how the, the space rolls. So this connection with the unknown is one resource that we can practice. We probably won't be practicing it today. I don't think so. We'll be, we'll be working with attention today. We'll be working with your attention. Um, but, but it starts like your attention is your main resource. Your attention is your main resource. Without your attention, you have nothing. If you're not aware of where your attention goes, where it is placed, then you, then you, get no, you have no practice, no clarity, no distinction. You're hooked. You're ongoingly hooked into whatever um, you know, the gremlin across want you to be hooked in if you don't have a grip on your attention. But we'll be working with attention today. So this is, I mean, I, it's just sort of a little parenthesis, but this thing with attention, there's a lot to learn about it. And especially, I mean, an example is, you know, in these times, like people say right now, in these times, uh, there's so much um, forces at work who wants your attention. There's so many big forces, quote unquote, invisible forces that would want your attention. To be in a, for example, to be in a war of division between, you know, do you want, are you a, a vax or anti-vax? You know, whatever, whatever the thing is. And then you, then you are, if you get hooked into this, world then your attention is sucked into this war and you're in the game instead of having your free attention from hey what are you creating what do you want to create that is that exists outside and independently from whatever the 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 mainstream story the 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 media the advertisement the government the corporate world the grip of you know i need money to survive like any of these if if your attention gets a grip of that then you in their game and you're not playing your game anymore so part of the rage club part of what a possibility that you are offering in rage club is this question okay this question for yourself and for your participant of what game are you playing? And is this the game that you want to play? You know, and at every level, in every moment to moment of your life. So I'm not talking about, you know, you, for example, you know, when you're Rage Club Spaceholder training, okay, you might be playing a game that you want to play. Well, is that the case when you're interacting with your partner or with the cashier or with the, you know, with your doctor or with your children or all of these, you, you get to choose which game you play, which, what kind of conversation are you having with the people around you? And so I, I just wanna say, I, I wrote it in the group, but I'll, I'll, I'll take the example again from, um, the example from Anika in this, in this question of um, how are you? And, and, and how it's such an innocent question. It seems such a, regular it's it's such an ordinary question and really the purpose that is almost put in that question is sleepiness is zombiness 
It is, oh, yes, I'm fine, which means I'm numb. You know, I'm okay. It means I'm numb. And so even then, the, the practice as a rage club space holder or as a rage club participant is, okay, what is the kind of conversation that I want to have with you? And I never have, I never have to have the conversation that you want to have with me. If it's a sleepy one, you know, if it's a sleepness one, if it's a zombie one, I refuse. I have, I, you know, I hold myself in, uh, you know, too much dignity to have a, an ordinary conversation with you. And I'm saying this because I remember in one of my rage club, somebody arrived early. She was the first there and I was there. And I said, you know, I greeted her and she said, how are you? And I took her to the mat. I said, look, how can you, how can a person like you ask me something like this in this space? How can you make such offer of a woman to woman? Why would you have this kind of conversation with a, you know, another sorceress, a colleague, an agent of transformation, a wizardress? It's like Gandalf does not ask, how are you? Or um, who's this, the sorceress in Merlin? Um, Anna. What? Morgana. Morgana. Okay, she doesn't go around and ask her fellow sorceresses how they are. She's having a different conversation. And you can hold yourself, you can hold yourself in that regard. That you will refuse to, to behave, you know, beneath your dignity, sort of beneath what is possible. And this woman, so for the two and a half hour of the Rage Club, she was such in liquid state that she could barely do the practices. Okay, it didn't matter. She's, the next week she came back, she said, she thought about our conversation. It was a five minute conversation. She thought about it the entire week and could not say, how are you to anybody anymore? Okay, well, if my conversation has created that for her, it was a success. Even if she was freaking out the whole time. I really, her box was totally freaking out. But this is what I'm, this is the possibility of you taking this stand to be a Rage Club space holder is that moment to moment, you decide what game you're playing. You decide the stand that you are in the world for yourself and for them. And that is a door. If you can hold yourself with you know, that level of integrity about what you are, what you are in the world, which, in, you know, in this case is a Rage Club space holder, but you are, you are other thing. You know, I can scan you and I, I can feel, you know, wh what you are. You know, you're, a, you know, you're a guardian. There's a bunch of guardian here, which makes sense in the Rage Club space holder um, training. But there's also a bunch of village weaver who need to practice their, their sword. As a village weaver, you need your sword to weave the village together in integrity and in um, love and clarity and transformation and whatever healing, whatever your bright principles are, even to go on adventures, you need, you know, you need your sword and your rage and, and what you want, you know, what you want to create. But then you, that, then you become that door ongoingly. And then you might have somebody say, well, who, 
like, how do you do this? How come you can do this? And you say, I'm having an introduction to Rage Club in two weeks, please sign up here. This is the payment information. I'll be glad to see you. <laughs> right after that, I have a four week Rage Club and, and we'll, be, we'll be learning this, we'll be practicing this. While we're talking about uh, centering, we do just make sure that you have your center wherever it is, that it's not in front of you, looking at yourself, thinking, God, maybe I should say something right now, and put it onto your physical center. Please declare your grounding cord. If it's not already done at the count of three, please tell me the color of your grounding cord. One, two, three. Blue. Yellow. Thank you. And please wow. declare your personal bubble of space again with your clicker. Make sure that your personal bubble of space is, you can check right now, if you just close your eyes, everybody, you just close your eyes and put your attention on your energetic um, position. So center grounding cord, now you have your bubble and you can put your hands on your bubble, your physical hands on your bubble, just all around. And I want you to check if there's any holes or uh, pour, like, like it's porous. Like if your bubble is porous, just check, just, you're just noticing, you're not doing anything about it. Make sure all the way down, you know, underneath your feet, you know, un um, back of your leg, your thighs, yeah, your back all the way. Okay. Anybody found any holes or porousness, like little gaps? Okay, we have four or five people. Okay. Um, let me check. There might be different reason. Would you write it? I don't think we'll do this process right now, but would you do it as an emotional healing process? It might be a very short 10, 15, 20 minutes emotional healing process that, uh, you have some kind of decision about uh, letting other people's energy in your space, but that you're safe when you have other people's energy in your space. Then you know what they're feeling, you know what they're thinking before even before they realize what they're thinking or feeling. And so you can adjust yourself and be adaptive, you know, at light speed, basically. You know, that could be one of the reasons. And the way to do this, the healing, um, so is to go back to the moment where you've made that decision and change, you know, make a new decision. But then ideally, if you can do it in person, I know, for example, in New Zealand that you can really meet in person. Um, it, it's uh, the best is to have a standing rage hole, a standing rage hole where you fill in the gaps the rage, you use your rage to fill in each and every one of the holes that you had made before to let the energy come in. And just one at a time, and you can do it with your hands, like, you know, and you can say, I closed this hole, or, you know, and you make the boundary, you know, I, it, I, 
You know, I refuse to have your energy in my space. This is my space. I closed my space, you know, and just let your anger tell you what the boundaries need to, to be made so that you have this clear bubble without the holes. Because the holes just, it will just leak in immediately. Other people's energy, other people's feeling, other people's um, intentions and manipulation and... So is that clear enough for the, there was about like seven or eight people who raised their hand to do the process. Is that enough information? Okay. Yes. Great. Yeah, please do this. And Chloe? Yes. Can I ask a question to this? Well, we'll see. Can you? Okay. Yes, I will. Um, because you said that you don't want to let other people's feelings and energy and stuff like that into your bubble. And you've talked about scanning and your attention before. So I assume that when we are centered, we can still feel the feeling of another's person, but then we're scanning and wait, wait, wait. don't use we. We is generalizing. Most people are not centered. Most people have no idea about feeling. So, mm -hmm. so talking in I or you. Okay, I. Yeah, I. So I noticed, I noticed the fear that I enjoy being connected to others, other people, and especially their feeling, and to feel into them. But I, I think or I assume that you are not talking about not scanning other people anymore and not feeling into them, but then do it out of a grounded and connected way and not letting them disturb you. Is that right? Or well, what would you say about this? Which I is talking right now. You know, this I like to feel into other people's feelings. Okay, can you mute yourself, please? Uh, I'm I, I actually I'm not sure uh, but the the things that came to me were it's maybe because there was a sentence of then I can help or then I can support or then I and then it's I assume the helper in me and not the real centered adult yeah. I mean, it sounds like that for me I have a, a sort of a, a compass is when anybody say I like I like is box. Whatever you like or don't like is only box. It's only your pref you know, um, personal preference. But well, your box has a purpose and the purpose of your box still, Hannah, is to survive. Mm -hmm. And so, ooh, it's nice to feel into other people's feeling and I can get you know, into their space and I know what they're feeling and I can help them and support them. And it, and it just feels just like that. Mm -hmm. And so that would be the I. Yeah. Yeah, I want to give you another hint, Hannah, which is came with your movement of the hands and also as Anne-Chloe did that. It's like you're going into other people's feelings. It's going in. So you're really energetically, you're actually going over into them. And that is not with yourself. That's not centered in your own bubble. So you're mixing energies. Mm -hmm. Thank you. When you start doing this process of disenmeshment, so a survival strategy like Anna, you just Hannah, you just said is to enmesh your personal bubble with other person, other people's personal bubble. So a number of you have this survival strategy, and it often includes uh, this rescuer, but it often includes sexual energy. I enmesh my sexual energy with your sexual energy. And if I give you sexual energy, then 
you should, I should be rewarded, that I am safe, that I made you a gift of giving my sexual energy and therefore, um, you know, don't attack me, don't criticize me, don't judge me, love me, need me, whatever the, you know, the, the, the trade-off is. There's a trade-off to enmesh uh, your energy and sexual energy with other people. Okay, when you start um, reclaiming your space, and that means also, uh, you know, getting the benefit, getting your benefit for having people let people into your your personal space or entering other people's space. What did you get from it? And what are you still getting from it until you disenmesh? When the moment you start disenmeshing. It feels very lonely. It feels like there's no connection. It feels like that you can't feel love anymore or this, yeah, this connection. And it's just because what you have wired in yourself as love or connection or being with is this enmeshment. This is what you think connection is. Okay, well, there's a whole other universe of connection that emerges out of the adult ego state. And that's when you get access to this archetypal connection also. So it's worth doing the work and it's worth starting this conversation in, even in a, a four week rage club, please start this conversation because it is, the, it is a very common survival strategy. And it, and it blocks people from living. It is very expensive. It's a very expensive survival strategy. How do I question. say this? Just a second, Carol. Sorry, if I want to say something. Yes, it seems like you're feeling something. There's another sadness. See, I feel sad. I feel sad because I feel sad because it resonates a lot what you are speaking, and it it feels like I become aware of the pain. And what is the pain? It really helps just let your sadness speak. What is the sadness really about? It's like I thought it's real and I noticed already that's not real and now it's like getting out or something. <laughs> you mean that the connection was not real? Yeah. And this, this, this feeling of sometimes when I'm with other people and afterwards I feel so exhausted and I don't know why. And, and then this, this vision or this sensing of it could be different when I'm in my center and there are other people a person is also in the center and how different the energetical level is and stuff like that and how much energy gets lost and how much, yeah, just, I think it's just like this. No. Thank you. Thank you. Carol? Yeah. Uh, one one of the edges that I am right now, and it started from the beginning of our training, is my uh, my friends, mainly my male friends, 
I feel fear to uh, to meet with them. And if I meet with them, I get into uh, get into um, not dangerous stuff like the stuff we always did. Like for years, we met and we did certain stuff. It sometimes went deep. Our when we talked about something, but most of the times it's like gremlins and uh, or or talking from the head and uh, yeah but we are and what's the what are the possibilities to i feel fear to um to meet with them and it it, it is so strong for so many years that um yeah, so so many fear to be to be in my new uh, for my new forming identity and my new uh, and and to keep my center. Carol, do you have a possibility team? Not. I have in my city, but I haven't attended yet. Okay, so this would be a perfect question for your possibility team. This is what possibility teams are for. Okay. This is really this. You know, I'm, my life is changing. My identity is changing. My uh, I, I don't know how to talk about this. I, please, please give me possibility. This is what possibility team is for, you know, and, and then, and then do, and I really, everyone, it, it's like as a rage club space, although your people, the people who will come to your spaces are also the people who will come to your possibility team. Your possibility team is a gateway to bring people into your work. So this, the, there's different steps, but the step of a possibility team is not as high as the step of a rage club where people are actually gonna feel something. So possibility team is please give me possibility, this practice, there is liquid state, but we're not talking about high intensity feelings. So, so it's time for you, Carol. It's time for you really to, to find new friends. If you expect them to understand you or to listen to you or to be with you or evolve with you, what you're creating is an expectation on them that they won't be able to fulfill because that's not their path right now. That it, you're, you're walking the path. I don't know what they're doing, but it seems like they're not walking the path with you, all of them. Okay, well, the moment you put that expectation on them, that they will not fulfill, what you will create is resentment. It's this, do you know the word resentment? Do you know what I'm yeah. talking about? Yeah, it's this huge rage of, I, I wanted it like that and it didn't happen. And I hate you, it's really hate. So this is what you're setting yourself up if um, you don't take a stand for finding new friends. And it doesn't mean that you will, you know, leave them or abandon them or whatever. And you're starting this whole path. You're starting this whole path and they're, they'll keep going on the path that you were and you're taking a little, you're taking a fork. You're taking a fork and starting a new path and it's, you know, that's the way it is. Basically, unless you're gonna uh, numb yourself, destroy your consciousness expansion so that you can stay with them. And it's not an easy, it's like, it's true. It's reality. And I, and I also, uh, 
I can't tell you what to do. You get to choose. You know, you get to choose which path, path you're going to walk. But if you're going to walk the path of evolution, then you need, you need friends. You need a team. And that starts with a possibility team. And then there's the possibilitator training Poland that exists. So that could be one of your team also, if you're serious about holding space for this work. Because there, there's skills practice. Possibilitator training Poland. Eva is in okay. there. Anybody okay. else who's in? Oh, Monica, yes. Natalia, Natalia, have you joined the possibilitator training Poland? Yes. Yes? I was there from the beginning. Oh, okay. You probably were not there when I left. Okay. Okay. So Natalia, Monica, Eva, and Marchin is in there and there's a, it's an amazing group of people who are holding space. So these are part of your new friends. Okay, thank you. Cool, okay. I, I have a question. Aurora, go ahead. Yeah, it's about the same thing um, that Hannah was speaking about. So if we have our bubble and it's completely Don't say sealed. We. Don't say we. Sorry. When, when I have my bubble and it's completely sealed, um, yeah, can you describe what it's like to scan the other people in the room, how that happens? Because for me, I feel that, for me, I, what happens? I don't know, there's just this blank that happens and I, and, and I can't get in contact with people. So um, if I'm, yeah, I don't really know how to, how to read or what feeling the energetic bodies? Mm -hmm. What feeling is blank? Uh, fear. Yes, totally. Blank, numb, fog, confused. It's all fear. Yeah. So what's the fear? Uh, I feel. I think I feel afraid Probably of them. Think. I'm sure you're feeling this fear. Yeah. There's a fear that they will hurt me. What do you mean by hurt you? Um, that they won't like me or, yeah, that's what's coming at the moment. And it's not what I expected. Um, Great. Yeah. So, Aura, this is an emotional healing process. I mean, mm. it's obviously this thing, like, I'm afraid that other people won't, will not like me. Because as uh, an agent of transformation, you'll get 50% of people who will like you and 50% of people who will not like you. And there's nothing you can do about that. Nothing. Mm. If you're going to be yourself, it is a box it's a box reaction. 50% of the people will like you and 50% won't. And even the people who don't like you will come into your space. I can tell you this, people here, their box hate my box. Their gremlin hate my gremlin. Okay, but I can hold space for that. I can be with their being. Mm -hmm. And so they can get value from this space. And so they hear even if their box doesn't like me or even hates me. So in that, without that freedom of movement, you're, you're hooked into being adaptive for people to like you. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, but I think, I don't think that's what happened. Uh, it was last night, right? You did a, an introduction to Rage Club. Okay, yes. I doubt that that was your purpose in that space for people to like you. Yeah. Okay, so can you, I, I, I was gonna ask also Kiri, can you report on, on this first, it was your first introduction to Rage Club, right? Yes. You say what worked, what didn't work, what you learned, what you would shift. Um, it worked to trust my fear that, and to lean into it and just to name it when it's happening and to name what I was sensing in my fear. Um, it kept the space moving and flowing. Um, yeah, what didn't work was I think sometimes I lost my center and I didn't realize that I was in my head and I maybe blanked out and wasn't in my body as much. And then it didn't feel that the distinctions didn't like land as, as well. And I didn't have the words for it. Yeah. Okay, so what's, your, what's the shift, your personal shift? for because now you're holding space for a whole series yes so what you're meaning like what do i do to shift that yes yeah this is a beep shift go environment you will get yeah for the rest of your life you will get beeps in any space that you're in it's gold so yeah it's a stepping stone for a shift so many things <laughs> Practice being in my center while I'm walking around in the world. Um, doing my trigger hunting, that was a big thing at the end that happens. Like in when I'm in the space, I'm focused on what's happening. But then afterwards, there's a, a big download of triggers that come, yeah, that doubt the space that I created, that we created. Yeah, so both those things. Thank you for experimenting. <laughs> Going first. Okay. I just want to say how many people here know about the trigger hunting? Spark 135. People, how many people don't know about? Okay, there's about a few people. Okay, there's a spark called Spark 135, which is about uh it the title is god did not rest on the seventh day and it's about shifting identity between being uh, a, a a victim like a cafe a space for these trigger sentences that aurora was talking about can you say a few of yours what were they like uh what was it like yesterday like oh it wasn't good enough i yeah. have to yeah do better, I wasn't present, um, they didn't get it. Yeah, that's a one. It didn't that's work. One. Yeah, it didn't work, okay. Yeah, those totally, it didn't work, they didn't get it, and I have to do better. That was the, that was the first one, no? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so those are trigger sentences that when you say them to yourself, the way Aura, you know, after the space was closed, say them, she said that to herself, it opens the, the cafe. You become an, an energetic cafe for these vampire entity to eat 
all your energy, to eat your energy. And especially after you've been in a very intense transformational space and you've called in right principles and you've called in, called in your archetypal lineage and other forces, you have this energy in your body. The things that if your box is not used mm. to being with this energy, it will find a way to release it. it. It needs a way to make it go away. One of a very powerful way is to say those trigger sentences and invite those vampire entity, and then you, all your energy goes away. And the healing process for this is written in Spark 135. There's a script. You have to do it with, with somebody, so do it with a buddy. And you shift your identity from being a victim of the trigger sentence to being a trigger hunter. And when you catch them like that, like Aurora did, you, you write them down in your beat book. You have a whole page called trigger phrases, trigger sentence, and you write them down. You catch them and you put them in your book. And then they're in your book. You don't tell them to yourself, you cut them and they're in your book. And then you don't have to open the cafe to wipe you out um, with these vampire energy eating you. So uh, if you have never done this process, please do this process. That could be uh, what you do in the EHP dojo this week, if you want. You can, you can download the Spark online, bring it and go through this process and catch those vampire uh, uh, trigger sentence. Cool, thank you, Aurora. Did you catch them in your beat book? Did you write them down? Yes. Great. Yes. Kiri, do you want to share anything, report anything? No, I was really amazed at how we had some people in the space who have done ETB, who you know maybe done some rage work before, and even just doing the really basic things of, of like just like going. We went to like five percent, and then ten percent, and then fifteen percent anger. You know, before that, we got people to yeah to see if their bubble had holes in it, um, and um, yeah, these people were like. Yeah, it was really good you said that. I I noticed bubbles, in, I noticed holes in my bubble or, um, you know, it was really great to just, you know, I'm used to going to like high intensity anger. It was really great just to go to these low levels and experience that. Um, so yeah, it really landed for people. And, but I was, yeah, I was amazed at how well it landed for the whole group, you know, the folks who were new to the context and the folks who had quite a bit of matrix in the context already. Cool, thank you. I'm really glad. Cool. I'm, I'm gonna jump in. So for next week, I wanted to start with the, with the experiment so that it's not mashed up at the end. Uh, for next week, I would want everybody to, or well, the experiment is, make your flyer make the flyer for your first introduction to rage club or even if it's not your first or your next introduction to rage club it can be called if you can call it introduction to rage club if you want or you can call it a work talk about anger and you can give it any name that you want we got learn to say yes learn to say no you know learn to say stop or navigate intimacy uh with a new anger or like, so you can, you don't have to call it introduction to rage club, 
but it has to be a two hour space paid minimum 10 euros or equivalent in your currency paid and so plan a date make a flyer with all your information and make and um create the event i will send you a link to create the event on the team up calendar you can so you can create it there which is a, a calendar where all the online possibilitator offers are grouped and then you can also uh, create your event on Facebook and your website. But you need to send the flyer and the, the little text, the blurb. So it's for you to practice how to write short, powerful, attractive um, paragraphs about what your, what your space will be about. So for the ones who have done that already, who already, for example, Kiri and Aura or Anika, I think with, uh, with Sibylla, you already have a rage club coming up. You already have a, a flyer. The, the challenge for you or the experiment is build postcards, create postcards that you actually gonna print. You print 500, you can even go to a thousand that are doorways for finding you. And it can be about uh, your rage work, but it can be about something else. But it's a doorway into, uh, so there needs to be a website and a way to contact you and some attractiveness about uh, this exists in the world. It's a seed. It's a seed that you put in bookstores, in cafes, in libraries. I, I do it now, not so much, but when I used to travel, I used to go into these airport uh, library and find the books like Harry Potter and um, uh, I don't know, like Seth Godin or like kind of those edge working book, book. And I would put the postcards in the book. And so people, when, when people would buy the book, they would find the postcard and be like, what the hell is this doing here? And I don't know how many people have found this work because of that, but it's a seed. And there's people are hungry. People need Rage Club. People need the work that you do. Most of them do not know that it exists. So it is also your job to make it known. And postcard is one of the way. And then, but, and, and make it as a real postcard with, you know, the line and the way to put, like, you can put the address on the, on the, on the back cover so people can send it. They can use it as a real postcard. You know, this is an outdated practice these days, um, but it's still, uh, I don't know, it, it's something to receive a postcard from somebody in these days of emails and Telegram, WhatsApp, instant messaging that somebody actually take, take the time, took the time to write a postcard. So make it a postcard and print them and print them and carry them with you. Carry always 20 or 30 of those postcards with you. You're having a conversation you're doing a vacuum rapid learning with somebody on the street or like Carol, you were saying with, you know, your friend and, and then they have this question and they say, check this out. You can check it out here and you give them a physical uh, artifact. The postcard becomes an artifact. You give them a physical artifact and it's, um, then there's a bond. There's an energetic bond created. And then what, every time they'll see it, they're like, God, they'll remember the conversation. They'll remember the door that you were for them. It's very powerful stuff. Cool. So anything about this? 
Yes, on the postcards, uh, it sh there should be a way to contact us, yeah? And it should be like a sentence or like some inspiring, some stuff to inspire the, or to raise a spark in somebody, yeah? To something like this. Carol, I have met the, the imaginative cre creativity of the Polish people. I think mm. you can tap into that resource and come up with something amazing. Yeah, thank you. So look at Carol. Most of your question in this space, um, almost all of your question in this space is, what should I do? And every time you've asked this question, I've turned you down and people, other people have given you feedback. So this is a big thing for you. This, what should I do? You know, please tell me. You know, mommy, daddy, the authority figure. And it's like, what are you going to do about that? I'm really asking. Yeah, I will make it as a gateway to my new EHP. Okay, I think it's it, it's it's not just emotional healing process. I think it's not just emotional healing process. So uh, along with the possibilities that you wanted to ask about your group of friends, this would be a possibility to ask, especially in a men's group, if you can connect with a men's group saying, look, this is what's happening in my life. I still, it, this is gonna be harsh, but it's like, my mom still has my balls and I can't behave like a man. Please give me possibility. Because there's a thing in you that wants to stand in the world as a man. You know, you have your own authority, your own center, your own choices, your own creation, your own power. What are you here to create? But until that thing, you know, until you get your balls back, that it won't happen. So I know a great guy called Martian Sot. I'm sure you know him. And he would be a great person to talk to about this. Yeah. Okay. And, and I heard that you're joining the Rage Club with Kiri and Aurora. And make it about that. Make it about that. You, you do, you, whatever. You, the question you ask the practices you want to say, I, I want, you know, I'm starting this path, uh, you know, be a, be a, be a possibility, be a source of possibility. Make it about that in that rage club as a start of the path. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Thank you. Anything else from anybody else? Yeah. I have a question. Where can I find the sparks? I'll download them. Yeah, I'll send you the link. Okay. They're also in German. I'm sure that one is in also translated in German. Super. Great. And Chloe, I wanted to ask one more brief thing. Um, in there's something strange that happens to me when I facilitate. Um, I think it there's this like energy that moves through me that makes me like physically shake while I'm facilitating so it makes me feel that it's maybe fear um but i don't really know like how to stop it it's or how what needs to happen with that energy and i don't know if it's connected to what you were saying with the build up of energy in the space so yeah do you or anyone have possibilities about that 
If anybody has any abilities, has anyone else experienced that actually? I experience that very often. And what I experience is that this is once one part is fear and another part is really the the energy the stream the light the information and that is too much when i hold it it's like that i allow it to rush into the space and to flood the space really to touch the people just open up to allow it go through me through everything so and it like energetically noticing and like yes. willing it to go into the space Yes, and in which way, if it can be your words, it can be your movement, it can be thoughts, it can be just without words, just streaming through your eyes, through whatever is your channel, go through you, okay. not holding it. Yeah, I feel sadness that I don't really know how to do that because I have the sense that I've been trying to do it and I will practice as well. Thank you. Okay, there was, Before I think you were talking, who else? Oh, Anika, go. Yeah, before you started talking, um, I was going to bring myself into the space to um, to request this process of wiring fear, equaling fear or something like that. And somehow when you share that, it comes alive in me that maybe there is like a, a story about your fear or you're not holding your fear or fear of the fear happening while it's in the space. Um, so yeah, I'm just wondering whether that might be a process for for the EHP for for several. I I I would like to do that. Keep going, Anika. Make it happen. Um, yeah. Who? Okay. Um, who in the space knows about the that's not the question i'm looking for a space holder to hold the process to uh, wire my fear uh, back into fear um, the process is called rewiring fear ah, thank you i'm looking for a space holder for rewiring my fear who is willing to hold space for that? So Anika, just pause. I, so I think Julia would be a perfect space holder, but make it bigger because you, you started making it who else, you know, that maybe other people, and then you made it about you. And I yeah, think it was okay. a fantastic yeah, statement. Okay. Mm, thank you. Um, I'm organizing a space for uh, the rewiring fear process. Um, I'm looking for a space holder and I'm inviting people who would like to participate. Um, who would like to be a space holder for this space? Thank you, Julia. And who would like to participate in this space and also rewire their fear? Okay, just keep your hands up, please. Jacob, Monica, Eva, sorry, I'm having it. Brigitte. Just go with everyone except for Aunt Chloe, Zabilla, and Natalia and Kiri. Ah. So Kiri is in. So Natalia, Natalia not and Aunt Chloe not. Is that correct? Jasmine doesn't have her hand Jasmine up. Not. 
And bigger is not. Okay, who does not who does not want to be in the process? Please raise your hand. Jasmine and Chloe, <laughs> Sibylla, Habet, and Natalia. Okay, I will post about a date in the Telegram group. Thank you. And I'll make an extra group about this. Thank you. Thank you, Annika. Thank you, Annika. Thank you. Anything else for Aurora? Joe, did you have anything? Okay. So Aurora, I want to share that I've had uh, that experience and it comes back again and again. And what I'm getting a lot, what I'm getting is two things is um, I'm moving more energy than my box can hold. I'm moving more energy than my box can hold. And the other one is I'm not flowing, like Dara's saying, I'm not flowing the energy in my body in a way that is um, uh, useful for my body, like that, it, that I can make use of it. And I've had to go through many emotional healing processes and reshaping of my energetic body for this. So it's nothing unusual. And I, I mean, but in a lot of the spaces, I mean, especially, you know, expand the box or lab in the first sessions, I'm, I'm there at the board and I'm shaking because that's how much fear and energy I need to run that space. So don't try to make it go away. But, but for me, I had, for example, I had big, uh, huge headaches often after holding space and, and pain in my legs. And that would just, it was, a, it was a sign that I was not flowing the energy in a way that was my body, that, like that was supporting my physical body to hold space. Okay, it's a symptom, it's an emotional healing process. Mm -hmm. Have you done a fear club, Aurora? I haven't joined a full one. How yet. many people have joined fear club here? Okay. okay, the rest of you and, and even the people who have been through Fear Club, you need to go through Fear Club, you, you need to Fear Club, you need Fear Club to hold space. So please find yourself into a Fear Club. I know, uh, God, I'm gonna, Julia is <laughs> holding space for a Fear Club soon. I heard a little mouse tell me that. And there's other people also. So find it in the PM events. There's a very cheerful person, Julia, who's already registered to your fear club. Okay, I hear that. Okay, great. Okay, <laughs> we do that. Okay, anything else? Anything else from anybody else? Okay, then. Would you grab your pen? And put, if you're right-handed on your right hand and if you're left-handed on your left hand, a dot right onto your uh, main finger. I don't know what it's called, this finger. A dot like this. Yeah. Big enough that you can see it. Sorry, the dot should be on the right writing hand. Yeah, on the writing hand. Yeah, so that it's up. Okay, this is about practicing your attention. And let's do this, let's all stand up. It'd be better to just start standing up. Please just stand up. Your 
attention is a resource actually of your intellectual body, but it involves also your other body. It impacts your other bodies, your energetic body, your emotional body, your physical body, and your archetypal body. Like I said, if you don't know where your attention is, then you don't know where your energy is flowing. And then you, you're unaware of where your energy, what you're doing with your energy. And you can't use your energy for your life. Your energy is sucked into, like Anna, Hannah was saying, into all these other purposes that you're unaware of. So this is, this is a practice to build this muscle of attention. And so please put your, your hand just in front of you and look at the dot. Actually, you look at the dot and you put your attention on the dot on your finger. See how long you can keep your attention just on the dot. Then move your gaze, your, your look, and your attention to one of the objects on, on the left of the dot. You move your attention from the dot onto an object on the left of the dot. And feel how your attention is moving. And keep your attention on that object. Bring your attention back to the dot. Move your attention and your gaze. You're looking at an object on the right of the dot. You move your entire attention, notice, Moving your entire attention onto that object. Bring your attention on your dot. And feel the sensing into how you are directing focused attention. This is called directing focus attention.
Now I'm going to ask you to split your attention between the dot and the object on the left. You can't split your gaze, but you can split your focused attention between the dot and the object on the left. Notice the split, the conscious split. Bring your attention, focus attention just on the dot. Full 100% attention on the dot. And now split your attention between the dot and the object on the right. Keep looking at the dot, split your attention, your focused attention. Bring back your focused attention just on the dot. And now split your attention three ways between the dot, the object on the left, and the object on the right. You keep looking at the dot. Split your focus attention on all three of them at the same time. Okay, bring back 100% attention on the dot. Just on the dot. Okay, and relax your hand. Put your hand down. Now, we're gonna work with a different kind of attention. This was focused attention. This was directed focused attention. And now we're gonna work, work with field attention. So just look in front of you. The field attention happens when you start blurring your eyes. If you blur your eyes, this is not a direct attention, this is a field attention. You're not looking or directing your attention at anything in particular. And it blurs your eyes. Putting attention on the field itself. I'm going to ask you, so... 
I'm going to ask you to go uh, do a 360, turn around yourself, but don't start now, and scan for the color blue. With field attention, scan for the color blue. Go all the way around a 360. Go. And now go around again and scan for the color yellow. Scan for yellow with your field attention. Go again and scan for the color black. Time to scan for the color black. One more time, scan for the color white. Everything that's white is color white, still with the field attention. Okay, please put back your finger in front of you and now move from field attention to directed attention. Back to directed attention on that dot. And field attention. Back to directed attention on the dot. and feel the tension. Yes. Directed attention on the dot, focus attention. And feel the tension. Okay, take a deep breath. And you can sit down again. Is there also a possibility to split your attention between directed and field? Yes. Yes. As a spaceholder, you, as a next culture spaceholder, like a transformational spaceholder, 
You can really only hold space if you can split your attention consciously because you have to hold the space and be in the space at the same time, noticing the, the multidimensionality of what's happening and holding space for it. And we, we've learned to split our attention unconsciously. So this is why, I mean, I think, anyway, I think women are better at this than men, but maybe I'm wrong. But women can, you know, uh, be on the phone, take care of the kids, cook a meal, plan for the next holiday, and, and know what's going on in the next bedroom uh, all at the same time. So you can ride a bike, chew a gum, breathe, pay attention to the next car coming in, and uh, you know, think about your next date all at the same time. But this is splitting your attention, but it's all unconscious. So this, could you feel this muscle? Could you feel the muscle of the attention? How many people could feel it? You shift your, move your attention, feel attention, directed attention, great. Okay, so that's a muscle to build and to uh, practice consciously. So you can split your attention consciously. How many people notice that after you've split your directed attention on these objects, somehow they had more value in the space than they did before. How many people could notice that? Yeah, because you put your attention there and you put your energy there. And so all of a sudden, if you put your energy, it has more value. And this is exactly the same thing with your people, with, with your participant, with the people in your space. And in addition to that, I mean, we'll be practicing this, but it's, um, um, you know, you, you have to, you, you're, you're splitting your attention between um, holding the space, what, letting, you know, letting your bright principle, letting uh, something else speak than your box. You, and you're splitting your attention between, okay, what's next? And you're splitting your attention between what are everybody feeling? You're scanning their five body. You're splitting your attention between, okay, who's, who's not getting it? Who's falling behind? Does it matter? Like, does it, do I need to do something or, or do I choose to not do something? Maybe part of your split attention is your own feeling. Anger, sadness, fear, and joy. Is this a feeling or an emotion? You know, am I hurt or, or am I using my sort of clarity? So you really, as, um, you can learn to split your attention, uh, you know, 10, 12, 15 ways in multi-dimension and it requires practice. So I, I, um, I would like to give that a, as an assignment for the, as a practice, as a muscle building experimental practice for the next week of building this muscle of attention and it's some like once a day, once a day, you um, you can keep this dot, for example. Once a day, you're having a conversation with somebody, you have you can still look at them in the eyes, you, you're paying attention to the dot, you're splitting your attention on the dot, you're talking to them, and um, so that's splitting your attention two ways. Then if you can do that. The third, the third splitting your attention is make a movement with your hand or with your leg or move back and forth. 
you make a, a physical movement, you split your attention to do a physical movement. And if you can do all three of those, you know, for five minutes, then you split your attention a fourth way, which would be that the conversation is transformational. You make the conversation edge work. So vacuum rapid learning or um, I, what I'd like to practice after that with you, this shift from ordinary to extraordinary, to, to keep an extraordinary space. Okay, you do that five, really five minutes every day. And if you can report on uh, what you notice, what shifts, what changes. So any, any sharings about this, um, this attention, focus attention, field attention, and this uh, moving your attention consciously from one object to the next. I noticed a lot of fear by doing that. And I also noticed how powerful it is. What was the fear about? About how powerful it is. Can you say what, how, how is it powerful? That I can add some value to this object with my attention and uh, that I actually, when I have, when I do it consciously, I can do a lot more things when I don't do that consciously. Can you say that you can do a lot more things? Is that what you said? Yes, it's what I said. Uh, it's like I can see more things. I can notice more things. I can grab more information and it's powerful. Thank you. Jay? I noticed, I noticed when I was uh, turning, um, looking for the colors that I found it really hard to stay in um, in like diffused attention. My, my, yeah. When I saw a color, my attention would go there and then I'd come back. And then when I got, and when there was just one or two, I could notice that and stay. But then when I got to say one side of the room, there's a whole lot of white pieces of paper and my, my attention just kind of went blah. It, yeah, so it was, it was interesting to notice as I was seeing one or two different colors i could still stay in a diffuse state and go oh yeah there's some blue there there's some blue there but yeah my attention was 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 jumping jay we we have learned as as children in modern culture we learn to look at shiny things we are, we are taught to look at what at bright things you know you know look at this look at the ball you know look at the tree look at the cat Okay, you know, you, you learn to look at what, at things that stand out, objects, things that shine, you know, look at the stars. Now, I have never heard anybody told me, look at in between the stars. Look at what's in between the stars. Okay, because we're taught to look at bright, shiny things. And so then our attention is caught on those shiny things. But then we're missing out on what is not there, what is invisible. And a lot of our work as spaceholder is to work with what is not there. It's to work with the potential and also to work with the shadow, which doesn't stand out. What is unconscious, what is shadow, what is um, underworld does not stand out. And so we don't see it, you know, and that's how most people live. So that just keep, Keep practicing this field attention 
without having this, uh, this automatic grip, you know, on the bright, shiny things. Because if you, when you look with this, so field attention is a little blurry. Some people call this the face of God. And if you can find out why, just I'm leaving you with this koan. People call it the face of God, looking with field attention. And let us know if you find out anything or what you find out. I want to share that in uh, Nature Connection, it's called Wide Angle Vision, or for the kids, it's Owl Eyes. I learned this from Mel, actually. And, um, yeah, it, trackers use it to track what's moving in the landscape, wh whether it's, yeah, an animal or what's diffuse. And also in, uh, yeah, in Indigenous culture here, when you look at the stars, there's a thing called the dark emu, which is the space in between the stars. And it makes this shape like a dark emu and there's like mythology in, in the shadow, but it's not, it's not underworld. It's like, it, it's just the mythology of this place. So yeah, there's some possible, yeah, thought expanding awareness of how, how that could be used in your world. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Habet, and then there was Birgit and, and Hannah. Yes, I've realized when I was uh, looking at the dot uh, that I feel dizzy. Like the smaller the focus is, the more I felt dizzy and it was tiring me also. Like I, I, yeah, I could feel my body and uh, yeah, other things. And then I forced myself to put attention only on the dot, not in my body and not in thinking if the little one is crying or whatever. And doing that again and again, putting my attention back to the dot made me feel very dizzy. It was easier to do the other thing. Okay, so you, you, you have, your box has some kind of resistance to focus attention to, and to put in your energy. Great, so that's a great practice. Like the dizziness is, is just, I think it's just a sign of liquid state. It's the box uh, expansion. So that's great practice. Cool, thank you. Birgit, go. Yeah, I realized that when I focus, I'm more connected with my brain, more judging. And when I'm with the filed, I'm more feeling and uh, not, there's all is equal. And it's more my belly that is um, realizing, ah, there is something, there is something, but it's less brainy. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Wait, there was Hannah first and then Stephanie, Eva and Julia. Okay. Natalia. So, yeah. For me, what was most inspiring or interesting is that I felt like when when I was doing the field thing, it felt like I could see the space or like some other entity or like some other level or something. And I could imagine like I got curious or something to look with this perspective as a space and to see like, yeah, like to see the space. And to not only yeah, like to be start being aware of 
and when I focused the dot on my hand, it was kind of the same that the the space started to like my hand looked different in a way, and maybe that's just because I use my focus and my energy. But that was interesting and a little scary. Yeah. It reminds me. I'm. I'll send you this practice. I have not managed yet. There's a. There are a paint drawings, paintings, uh, pictures that are called autostenogram, stenogram, I think, autostenogram. Does anybody know about this? Okay, so I, I mean, I'll explain it. It's basically, it's a, it's, a it's a picture. And if you look at them, you can change the way you look at them and another picture appears in three dimension. But you need to learn how to focus your eyes in a different way than it's been trained. And, and, I, and this is part of, I think what you were talking, Hannah, is this shift of space, is that uh, when, when actually we change the space, we change the energetic of the space, what we perceive is also different. Well, that's like, Monica, that's powerful. You change the energetic of the space, where you're putting your attention and how conscious your attention is, what you perceive is different. Okay, what have we not been perceiving before that has been outside of our awareness because we did not have this muscle of attention. So I'll send one or two. And when you see, when you see the thing, please do not say what it is. Just say, I saw it, you know, or it's amazing or whatever, but don't say what it is so other people can discover it. Okay, I think Natalia was somewhere in that, in the line. Natalia. Yes. Mm. For me, what I experienced at the end is when we went, when I went back to, to the focus on the dot after the whole exercise and after holding my attention split and scanning also for colors, I then felt like the energetically how strong the attention is. Like only put on the, there was a different quality of attention looking at the dot at the end, then, then when I first started the exercise. So I could really feel that having my attention split in a different part of the field and then going back to the dot, I felt like I have like a laser attention. Like it was so strong. I was like, woo, like the, I could feel energetically the power of the attention. If that makes sense, it makes. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Stephanie. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Stephanie, yeah, I just noticed. In this space, we do not start with um. Because um is an thank American you. mantra. I don't know if you've ever heard this. It's an American mantra that will put you straight in your head. And then we get to talk to your head instead of talking to you. So I, I, I want to hear from you. So do over, start over. I noticed when I was, especially when I was giving my attention at the beginning to one object or to the dot on my finger, it was really clear to me how part of my attention was was elsewhere and just noticing how I unconsciously split my attention like so much of the time, basically. It just, yeah, became very clear to me. Yeah, thank you. Great, so that would be a great practice, especially the focus attention for you. Cool. 
uh, Eva. When I uh, when I noticed the subject on the left and then on the right and then another one, I couldn't I couldn't come back to split attention on only between the dot and the one of the subject. Like it wasn't available for me. And. Uh, Like I already noticed, and it's stuck in my attention. So that's curious for me. And the same thing, the same feeling or the same sensation I had uh, when, when I tried to have my bubble, I, I couldn't get this sensation. Do I have bubble or, or do I not? And I had to expand from the center my energy to experience, okay, now I have my bubble. And I, yes, that's kind of research or do anyone have any idea what, uh, what can... Eva, I propose that you keep it for our, as research. We keep going, you know, this, there's a lot to learn about attention and about what you can do and how you can move it and how can you split it and what are the effects. So do the research, cool. Thank you, Julia. Yeah, I noticed that when, I, when I'm in field attention and, and really just focus like, or um, noticing then just one color, the color really stands out, it's coming to me, it's more coming to me. When I'm focused attention, I'm more coming to the thing. And I'm, I'm curious, my, my edge of research here, I only remembered at the very end that when I'm in focus attention, can I also not jump out to the other thing? It's a bit similar to what, what uh, Hannah shared earlier. It's about, can I still stay here and have the focus attention and not like, I don't want to go out to the object energetically. Is this so that's my research edge with the focus attention. So to not leave and go there and still have the focus only there. Yeah, thank you. I, so a practice that you can do or in, uh, to research and to experience is, and it is this middle ground, let's say this middle way between this being passive, waiting for things to come. I think I talked about this with you, but not in this group. Like this passiveness of, well, things will, will come to me if I'm waiting enough. So that's one option, you know, this withdrawing passiveness or this um, pressure, like the other end of the extreme, you know, uh, going there, looking for it, searching for it, almost grasping. And then there's this middle way of how do you, how to go to the encounter, how to move yourself towards encountering. So you're not looking for it and you're not waiting for it, but you're in that, if you're supposed, if you're looking for something, the idea is that that thing is looking for you too. If you're looking for something, that thing is looking for you too. Okay, well, how do you meet at the encounter point, sort of when you're ready and when it's ready to meet you. 
in terms of people or distinction or clarity or next process or to go to the encounter. So you can do this, for example, it's a great experiment to do with lost objects. If you, if you have lost an object and you're looking for it, then you have part of your attention that is toward the object and that is looking for it. And, and therefore it is also looking for you. How can you go to the encounter with that object and find it? Anyways, this is a side experiment, but, but it's really cool stuff. Joe. Yeah. Um, I, I've done a bit of attention work in the past and I find it really valuable and that exercise was really valuable. Um, and I noticed that my head starts coming in and I lose my attention. And I can also see, and it's a little bit sort of left wing, how valuable EHPs are because our attention gets so stuck on what's, or my attention gets so stuck on the stuff in me. And if I do an EHP, it clears all of that and allows my attention to be free. It's such a hugely valuable resource for each of us and uh, well, for me anyway. And yeah. Say. Great. I feel really passionate about that actually. Yeah. You said the last thing is you're really passionate about that. Mm. Okay. Freeing, just freeing, just having free attention, it slows down time. I get so much more done. I I'm so much more alive in the world. I can see so much more. Okay, so Joe, those are very two different things. To say I'm passionate about that, it's uh, a, a it's a new age, uh, a weak stand about what you're talking about. I'm passionate about that, and that's a it's a personal journey or something. But if you say when this is a difference between in terms of mimetic speaking, this is a difference between personal opinion or personal preference that is about you and your life and your box and whatever and distinction. The difference, so I'm passionate about that. That's the, it's the personal preference of what you're passionate about, whatever. A distinction is when I do emotional healing process, all of a sudden I have space in me to focus my attention on and my energy on what I really want to do. I get, so therefore I, I'm not using up my energy to try to suppress um, what, whatever, what is occupying me, this, these emotions. And I, and I get my energy back, I get my time back, I get my attention back. Oh, that sounds cool. That sounds cool. Okay, but it's not a personal opinion. It is, a, it is an experience, you've had that experience and you can talk about that experience in a way that is, in, that is opening a door for others. You get the difference, Joe? Yeah, I hear the difference and thank you for, yeah. for that feedback. Yeah, it's great. Because people need to hear, they need to hear why, why this emotional healing process has saved your life, basically. Because people mm -hmm. are not doing really enough emotional healing process. They're doing it more now in this context of possibility management. But if you think about before there was, before emotional healing processes dojo, before uh, EHP, um, club like space that you have in New Zealand and before the EHP collaboration group, people would do one emotional healing process per lab, maybe wow. two, every three to six months to nine months to per year, two emotional healing process per year. I mean, you can look at how many you have done in the past month. 
But this is a whole revolution. And I, I encourage you when you're holding your rage club to have an emotional healing process dojo running parallel because you will not have time to go through personal, really uh, deep emotional, personal emotional healing processes with each person. Otherwise your space is only about EHP. And really the rage club is about, there's all these matrix building experience spaces, practices, experiments. This is where you build the matrix and the emotional healing processes happen can happen outside. So organize, uh, yourself, your team, so that you have an EHP dojo running in parallel. And people will be really grateful. Even if the people, you know, if they can't really hold space for um, whatever, an, an experience, an advanced EHP, if they can do the map of conscious, of feeling consciously, the map of feeling consciously, which is posted in the EHP collaboration group, they can do that with each other. It is a revolution. And then they're learning how to hold space. Then you're opening a door in your rage club. Your rage club is a door for people to become space holder for non-material value, next culture, non-material value. And what a door that is. So people come, it's not just for them. You can tell them that in the first session, you're doing this work, it is not just for you. You're doing it for anybody who's in your circle, anybody who's uh, in contact with you and so that you can learn how to hold space for emotional healing processes for rage club for possibility team many of the people who will come in your rage club are rage club space holder does that make any sense to you that you have people in your rage club they come because they want to be rage club space holder well open the door paint the door make sure the door is clear and they they get to choose if they go through the door or not Okay, I would like to move into practice. And this practice is using this, uh, this split attention with the, with the practice of uh, you never losing or compromising your context as a Rage Club space holder. So as being a Rage Club space holder, you, you're holding a particular context of extraordinary, of transformation. And um, we'll go in groups of three. There's a, the space holder, the rage club space holder. You're holding space for your context and your clarity in this space, this possibility of extraordinary. And across from you, there is someone, and you're, you're being yourself, your client, you're being yourself. In some ways, they are still stuck in the ordinary. You know, you, you've been together for almost three weeks now, and you can... You, you, you can scan, you can see, you've noticed ways that your client is still stuck in ordinary. Your job as the Rage Club space holder is to make an offer for them to exit that ordinariness, for them to become aware of where they're stuck in ordinary. And you can use all the tools that you want. So it can be questions, it can be telling a story, it can be using mimetic speaking, it can be about um, making an offer for an experiment right there, right then. Um, I would, uh, you can even start an emotional healing process if you want, but I would not recommend that. Like I would, please don't do that as uh, the easy option or like the, you, 
there's a lot, many ways to, for example, have meta conversation about why is it that they would want to stay in ordinary in that domain? Okay, so you're a rage club space holder and your job is to not compromise your context of extraordinary and build a bridge for this ordinary part in your client to have a chance to become aware, to become revealed. And so they can move also this part into an extraordinary space of um, healing or transformation or evolution or taking responsibility for it. And coach, you're coaching the rage club space holder coaching them. You have about uh, 10 minutes, about 10, 11 minutes. And then we keep three minutes after that of feedback and coaching for the Rage Cup space holder, including the client give feedback and coaching. Any question about how this goes? Is the client gonna make things hard to stay in the ordinary or is that like? No, you're being yourself. As a client, you're really being yourself. And who, you know, who knows if your boxing gremlin has resistance to it? Yeah. And does the client person, come? One does person, the client come? Space holder, uh, sorry. And, you uh, go. Thanks. One person is a space holder, one is a client, and one is a coach. Yes. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Or does, does the client come with a particular no. thing? No. Rage from space holder, you scan them. You split your attention between scanning them and holding your context. So you do not fall into their ordinary context. You split your attention between your extraordinary context, you scan them, and you make a bold move of, because um, you will need to do this. When you're holding Rage Club, you will need to, you know, sometimes a lot of the time, go and talk to people, you know, tell them, look, this is what I'm noticing. And this is where you are. And this is ordinary. And let's, can, let's change this. Let's do some, you know, let's do something about this. Um, so this is this practicing of this, uh, respecting your extraordinary context and building the bridge towards it with a bold uh, bridge building towards your client. Cool. Okay. And uh, Julia and Natalia and Kiri, we are perfect number, so you all in groups in your teams. They're moving around. Okay, I'll let you know with uh, the timer. And there's please have a main space holder in the in the group that rolls the space. Here we go.
I don't know who's space holder, but it start it helps to start with hello. Hello, Jacopo. Hello, Joe. You have some feedback. What's your feedback from the week since we last met? What have you noticed? So the beep, Joe, is you asking him to be vulnerable before you're vulnerable. Oh, okay. And so, in, in, uh, so he's going to bring you into his, in his story. And what I'm asking is you start. You start from this point of you're holding space for an extraordinary transformational and you make an offer to Jacopo. What kind of offer am I making? Yeah, you're making an offer for him to bridge out of part of him is in ordinary to bridge into this possibility of extraordinary. So you scan him and this part of him that's, you know, stuck or unconscious or unaware or um, whatever. And, and you, the proposal, whatever, you make the bridge, you start there. So I just want to share that this week I've, um, I've I noticed a lot of fear in myself this week and I could really feel it in my whole body and was really, really uncomfortable. And I was in spaces where I, I had no control of anything, of myself, and I felt really, really vulnerable. Joe, I'm going to pause you. This is a distinction about what vulnerability is. So being vulnerable doesn't mean to talk about yourself, but it does mean to say, uh, Jacopo, basically, I care about you. I care about you. And I, for example, I, would, I noticed that you haven't said anything in the past two sessions. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm wondering about that because I want to hear your value. I want to hear... Uh, so whatever, can you tell, can you tell me about that? I mean, that would be the, what I would go into. So what would you choose? What do you notice? How do you care about Jacopo? It, it really helps to say hello, Jacopo. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Um, Jacopo, and I do notice that you haven't said a lot in, in this session that we have just been in or that we are in. And I feel you have a great deal of value to offer. And I, I really, uh, I would like to know from you what it would take for you to speak up or share something of yourself. Thank you, Joe. Um, yeah, I, I noted I had this emotional healing process this week about it. And I noticed how I build up this protection around me to the make like this thick bubble around me that protects me from uh, from being seen or being asked is like I'm like hiding or like I'm making myself invisible and I'm just like like absorbing and like just like listening and not uh, and in, when I'm in this space there's there's not 
there's no like information accessible or there's no access to, to information. And I notice how it happens when I'm, I'm in big groups, um, especially within PM context. Mm. So, so, so what would it, with, with noticing that, Jacopo, what would it take for you to actually say something, for you to actually speak? Go. Just pause for a second. So, Joe, you can even add saying, uh, you know, I. I, 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 I yeah, go. Um, I, I really want to hear what you have to say. I really want the gold that you have to offer. I really want the yeah. one to learn to, to benefit from what you have to share, from the value you have within you. And, and Joe, you can even say, look, I'm ready to make an agreement, like a deal with you uh, about can we find some, can, you know, how, what would be the way? That was your question. It's a great question. What would be the way? And I'm, I'm ready to be your buddy in this, something like that. Yeah, yeah, Jacopo, what would be, what would be your way to, sh to show up by speaking up in, in the situation? And, and, and can I be, I'd like to be your buddy as far as that goes. How can I support you with that? I have this story uh, still strong in me that there's no nothing I can offer, and I'm I don't know how you can support me in that. Joe, I have a proposal. Uh, you know, just the proposal would be right now. You could you could spend two minutes just telling him all the value that you've ever got from him. Give him all the evidence to, to prove the story is not true. Try to land it in his being. So, Jacopo, I've been in spaces with you before. And when you have spoken, I have... Um sie zu fragen, kannst du es jetzt fühlen? Sie wirklich in diesen Moment, hier und jetzt, boom, hierher zu holen und das wirklich bewusst zu fühlen, was jetzt ist. Da seid ihr hm. noch näher als die Zeit, dass das jetzt weiter wird. Hmm. We can switch to English. Oh, yes. Thank you. Go. Yeah, I feel your presence. I feel your presence in your transformation. This is uh, something that is touching me in a way that you don't let, let yourself be... Um, Abgeschreckt, uh, like, um, yeah, too much, uh, do, not to be overwhelmed by it. Mm -hmm. Yes, this is amazing <laughs> because what you're describing is happening on so many levels. I bet I have a proposal is that um, I think you, you, you're pretty skilled at being able to notice and appreciate the qualities of transformation of being of a person. And so that's what you were doing with Hannah. And it's a powerful way to bring extraordinary, um, to bridge extraordinary. But I, try something else because you can already do that. So try with this more of, a, more of the sword, more of the pressure. 
um, more of over there instead of noticing what you what your experience is. Mm -hmm. And what I recognize is that you can allow yourself even more to go into something that you don't know yet when you are less uh, occupied with getting somewhere. Because what I hear from you is, I will do it, I will make it somehow. Mm -hmm. Imagine that, what would be if this is it, if this is what it's about, to be in this constant state of aliveness, of not knowing what's actually going on. Mm -hmm. How would that be? How does that sound to you? Can I make a proposal? Mm -hmm. To be even like to to be even more on edge, you can have a a question about this thought where that there is somewhere to arrive, there, that there's somewhere that it's going to be okay, or I'm not going to feel I'm not going to be in liquid state, and that's a really modern culture thought where to think there's somewhere to arrive, and so you can question that and be and there's other options of thought where which you're already making the offer, but to um, to challenge uh, uh, Hannah's spotware. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I heard you saying, I feel this and this and that, but I'm also happy about it. Like, I'm also enjoying it. And in this, <laughs> I somehow I hear the old map of feelings also, mm -hmm. as if it's something to overcome. Mm -hmm. How yeah, does it to you? Yeah. Yeah, when you said that before, it's it's a mixture of like one part of myself is like relaxation because then I don't have the stress anymore to to finally get somewhere or achieve something and be good at something. And the other thing is quite like there's joy and fear because it's like, whew, but if this is constant, oh my God, <laughs> like challenging my box, how much I'm... Uh, 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 able to hold no. and what's the story of your box then what is the what is challenged in you the control thing of that it's it's it really feels like letting go completely and not holding any control left but then also to kind of uh, go with the flow or like take the wave or something and to, yeah. And uh, there's still some parts holding back or like, yeah, not, not trusting that. Uh. And what's the... Okay, thank you. Go ahead, Dara. Yes, um, let's switch to feedback for... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love it. Mm -hmm. I have... I have feedback for you, Habit, is, I mean, it's a yes or no question. It's, or what percentage, how much percentage were you bored in this conversation? 90%. Yeah. I mean, seriously. And so, and it's your job to not make it boring for yourself. And you, and you making it boring for yourself. So that would be the main feedback is, how can you not make it boring for yourself otherwise you'll it would be it's like a dis, de, depressing job mm. depressing job 
and and I think it has to do with your dangerousness for you to, to speak about things that you don't dare to talk about or you don't know about, but it's this uh, that kind of daring and interrupt and like all this stuff. You already know the answer. You ask a question and you already know the answer. So that would be one yeah, thing. Yeah, like you ask questions it, that you don't know the answer to for them, about from them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I in the beginning, Habit, I said that you should allow to be flat with her. Um, begeisterung. And and it was like it when you allow that it touches also you and it floods you into the unknown. And it was that point where you was like there was many gates or doors where there was really a door to something magic unknown, but you stood in on the track on the rail track instead of really breaking through. And you jump first and you don't know, and she can jump with you, and whatever she decides when you jump the energy goes into the space and does something with her. Thank okay, you. I'm going into another breakout room. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Mel, do you have feedback from Monica about that process? Uh... I feel just liquid. <laughs> Yeah, feeling liquid. What's the feeling there? Aurora, I, I, would, I don't because <laughs> you know, you're starting an emotional healing process there, and it's that's not the space. So it's appropriate to be in liquid state. And you say, okay, thank you. You have nothing to say, and we shift to the next constellation. Oh, thank you. Okay. Um, yeah, Monica, I would invite you to bring more of your anger in. Like when I said that you raised your anger, maybe like a few percent, I, you know, find a way to bring it in, in the process with your voice or with your energetic body and your certainty. And, and if you're noticing the fear there, use that fear for information about what's happening in the space. And, and I invite you to name name that, even if you think it's about you. Experiment mm -hmm. with naming what the fear is telling you about the space. Great, or I just want to say, go about giving a practical experiment, because you know, bringing your fear or listening to your fear, it's too conceptual for people to actually do anything with it. So, but to say name the fear, that's an experiment. That's a thing that they can practice with. It's very uh, specific. So. That's, yes. that's what people can step on, not conceptual yeah. um, feelings work. Cool. Yeah. Okay. okay, we're shifting to the next constellation. Yeah, great. Thank you. Uh, I will be the space holder. I can be a client. Okay, now will you be the coach? Yes. Okay. Yeah, Monica, tell me what your fear is about in your space holding. So I was going to beep. So Aurora, then you're asking them to go first. You're asking, you're asking Monica to be vulnerable first. So this is your, you have to start. 
saying, I noticed I, uh, there's this distinction I'm working with, there's this possibility I'm working with. You scan mm-hmm. them and you open a space that is valuable for them, but you start. Yeah. Cool. Yes. So scan them and go. Scan uh, Monica and go. Okay. Um, look at, look at her. Look at Monica. Yeah. Put your attention over there instead of on you. This is mm. move your attention out. Say hello, Monica. Hello, Monica. Um, hello, yeah. So we're practicing holding space for somebody else and um i'm not really sure how to say this but you know i i know that when i space hold i feel fear and frozen like now sometimes i'm not sure what the next step is and as i mentioned in the feedback when when that happens it's about leaning into the fear and and aurora say say it this way because when you say it's about this, then it's almost fanatical. That's the only way. So yeah. you say, I'm experimenting. I'm having this great research moment, experimenting with my fear in space holding. And this is what I discovered. This is my question, something like that. Okay, thank you. Um, yeah, so w- when, when in spaces like now, I, I'm feeling my fear and my voice gets stuck I'm not sure, and I'm experimenting with naming that, um, naming when my brain goes blank, noticing when my thoughts go blank, when uh, my heart freezes, there's this freezing feeling in my heart and I'm not sure what will happen next. What's the, and there's a thought of doing it right in my in my brain and i'm wondering if this happens any of those things happen for you when you're space holding what is it like for you Mm, for me it's like sometimes i go blank like really Mm -hmm. nothing comes to me it's like empty Mm -hmm. empty emptiness empty heads empty ideas no ideas like yeah thinking nothing and then I just wait, and sometimes I wait too long. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you wait, you feel like you wait too long, is that what you're saying? Or you wait, you're choosing to wait for longer. Yes, and about what feedback, my feeling of that, uh, it looks like that there should become, that then anger should come. And I'm still waiting for something different. And I'm not using anger as a solution, as an opportunity, as a gate. So you have an expectation. You're creating an expectation of what will come next. You, you hear that expectation rise in your mind. Is that correct? Somehow, yes. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, it's like this... Not a single voice in my head, and then I wait and wait if somebody something would come to me. And yeah, it takes too long. And 
probably then, as I understood this exercise, then I should ask my anger not only wait, not only be waiting for something to happen. What would it be like if you named? Aurora, like, I just so this in terms of this yeah. practice, if you're living right now, you're living on in her world of confusion and blank and expectation, and it should be like this, or it might come like this, you're over there. So then you're compromising your clarity. Mm -hmm. So I would say, come back to yourself and say, look, this is what I've experimented with. This is what I've tried and you could try it too. Well, this is what I've discovered and I'm on, on this research journey with you. But to mm -hmm. not be over there, to still, because over there, it's only confusion. You know, over there, she doesn't have possibility. You have possibility because you're in a different context. Yeah. So that context speak. Yes. Oh. I was getting there. <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah, there's, there's a possibility, Monica, when that fog or that blankness comes up, you can name in the space that, Maybe there's a feeling, you know, you're sensing some blankness or, yeah, I would invite you to experiment with what it's like if you name the state that you're feeling, that you're connected to, whatever's happening in your body. Can you try that? So, or the beep, because the experiment is not clear. You say, I'm inviting you to experiment with that. What is the experiment? Because she cannot come up with the experiment herself. You need to give oh. it the experiment. Okay, I thought that I did. So I'm asking you to state something like, yeah, I'm, I'm there's there's blankness in the space, or um, yeah, there's fear in the space because yeah, no. Ask yourself what is the feeling that you're feeling when you go blank, and it might be fear. So that might be information for you about what's happening with Mel, for example. Or I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm an asshole here because the, you've given about three different experiments. Okay. But which one is it? And try to choose one and give clear instruction. When this happens, mm -hmm. do this and then do this and see what the results yeah. are. So go. Yeah, I... I'm feeling the fear and I'm feeling the so confusion. Right now, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this experiment right now. And yeah. Okay. That could be that. So that would be extraordinary if you do yeah. go first. I don't know how. I have a story that I don't know how. You have a story that you don't know how um, to do this. So you can state that like I just did. You mm. have a story. Do you have a story that you don't know how? Just put that out there in the space somehow in a non-perfect way and then see what happens and notice what's the next. So as I understand, the proposal, the opportunities to, when I go bl blank, then a story that I don't know what to do and notice what is happening in the space because 
notice something that is happening in your body so if the blank is practice noticing what blank means like what is the feeling and then name name the feeling like are you feeling fear or what are you feeling what is the feeling for mel your client Mm. at the time so when so I you're go identifying blank, sorry go yeah when i go blank like i can ask myself what is the feeling for a client yeah because you're also yeah. identifying what is the feeling for you and what is the feeling for for in the space as well okay so and that that can be way out from being blank yes okay. yeah exactly what am i feeling what are you feeling Great. Great. Who's going to stop? Cool. Feedback okay. and coaching for everybody. Take a deep breath first. <sighs> Any feedback and coaching for or around what worked, what didn't work, what can change, what can yes be practiced. There, there was like this constant flow of words, and I, I wonder what it would be like for yeah for more of that deep breath and waiting, pause, and then use more anger to land a thing, a distinction, a a question, an experiment. My brain was just like, whoa, I don't know what they're talking about. I lost interest. More, yeah, more drama could also hold me as well like um, changing the tone that you speak with, using more anger, using more stopping, more anger and clarity in the space. Mm. For, for me, it was hard to feel the connection with you. Uh, it felt like you were actually with, more with Anna Chloe than with me, like following her guidance and looking at her, are you doing right? Following her advices, her coaching. And for me, it was you and her, not, not us. Yeah. Thank you. So sad. Or I think um, my experience is that what worked is that you scan Monica accurately that she's having the same experience as you with this fear God, and it's so wonderful as a space holder to be able to be uh you know God, I'm on the same journey as you I'm on the same journey as you and this is what I am trying yeah. because it's so true so it's not because you're not a space holder because you're not a space holder because you've already figured it out you're a space holder because you are on this journey and you can take other people on that journey with you. And that's what makes you a space holder. So, and, and that's what you were really try, really holding space for. And the, the offer is, like the other people say, just slow down and then say, okay, let me do the experiment right now. I feel, I'm afraid that I don't know, then I go blank. But now that I'm telling you, I'm actually speaking. God, is this wonderful? And then you, you are this demonstration of what works or what can work. So it's the trust that you are part of the journey, that you do not have to have it figured out before. 
Okay. That feels scary and to not plan and to be able to keep moving myself forward. Yay. Well, fear is great. <laughs> fear is great. Join Fear yeah. Club and then you'll love fear. Okay. Thank okay. you. Cool. Thank you. Okay. okay. I'm going I'm happy to for this new constellation to be the space holder. And the client. And I'm a coach. We lost Julia. Julia Mundell. Okay, she might be yes. Okay. Who am I? You're the coach. I'm the space holder and Jay is the client. Great. So you have this mechanic of creating ordinary experiences and you also have this possibility of shifting identity so using your anger to yeah. shift your identity and create something extraordinary yeah yeah there's um there's emotional healing for me around fear and how i give my center to it and and that this yeah kind of sh you know this confusion comes in and yeah that's creates ex you know ordinary i get lost how does this experience serve you as a rage club space holder this experience right now well, what you just described how does it serve me um so just pause for a second. Kiri, do you have an answer for him? Do you have a proposal for him, how it can serve him? Or are you asking a, a genuine question? I have one possibility, which is that, that what you just described of like noticing the fog and noticing the triggers and then choosing to shift identity, using your anger to shift identity is, is a powerful so, skill. So say that. Say that because then you build territory that Jay did not think about maybe yet. So build out that territory for him. So that's a powerful skill. Go. Yeah. I wonder what your coaching would be to someone else in your position to strengthen that skill, to bring it forward. Just can would you say again what you were answering? me the question can you land it in jay's body this whole territory and then you can have him practice if you want because that's a great skill to practice even right now but he needs the territory first so should go yeah just what you were saying before was great so jay you described that um you create ordinary space with these trigger phrases and this confusion and emotional fear and then you shift identities so you sometimes you use your anger to shift identities and this is a really powerful instead of um keeping on asking about the tension bigot ask what is alive for him right now yeah good so, what is it what uh, is alive now in your I've body enjoyed. i've enjoyed uh-huh where in your body can you feel that joy i can feel it here Okay, how does, can you describe it? The body feeling? Uh, yeah, I, I felt tension here and now I feel it. Now I feel my attention and like uh, 
something here, but it's more like expansion. It's uh, it's joy. Mm -hmm. Can you can you share this joy and make the movement even bigger? <sighs> yeah. So, Birgit, yeah. I just pause. So yeah. you know, when somebody has a feeling, whether it's anger, sadness, fear, or joy, I ask, "What is it about?" Ah, okay. Because it has information. And yeah. so, and the information basically will tell you, is this a feeling of joy or if this is an emotion of joy? Okay. And, and that will be very two different paths of a conversation. Mm. You feel joy because? I feel joy because I felt out of tension and uh, I felt um, exhausted. And in two minutes, I feel joy and I feel energized. <laughs> So, yeah, the possibility of changing it in two minutes by jumping and doing I feel like there's more, like there's something more core about what the joy is about. What does the joy say? Uh, the joy is saying that I can do it and not feel uh, weird or something. Like that, that, I feel joy that my box expanded in last month, that I can do it and not feel weird or, and yeah. And, and the joy is that it works. I, I just want to interrupt you. What I'm, what I'm getting here, you know, the joy that I'm noticing or observing is, it feels like a, uh, almost like a childish, the movements are almost childish joy. Okay. Well, it's being stuck in childish joy means you don't have access to true adult joy. And that, and that is being stuck in a, a kind of a childish fantasy. And so that's where I would go in terms of building this bridge between this context of extraordinary that is, you know, in radical responsibility, in adulthood, and, 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 have, and make an offer to Carol to say, you know, what is whatever what is that what do you, do you get what i'm saying birgit yeah i get uh, that you get that this is a childish and um so are you getting do you have you had this and do you get this i get this yes and i don't still don't have a possibility to 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 bring him to the adult okay you don't need to have one but what you can say is, you know, this is, does that make any sense to you, Carol? This is, this is what I'm noticing. This is what I'm noticing. Does that make any sense of your life that the joy that you feel is, it is childish joy? And you, you can ask a question, you can build that bridge. Do you, does this make any sense to you? Do you recognize, can you- can Birgit, you, start from the beginning about what you notice, how was it, bring, bring the whole thing. When you were jumping and getting up this joy, I got the Im image that this is your childish uh, little little boy joy, um, which is not the adult joy. Does this make any I mean, sense? Birgit, just, you? sorry, I'm, I'm interrupting you. Even now he has a smile on his face. Mm -hmm. can, you, can you see it, the smile? Yeah, okay. I see between, yeah, I saw oh. two, two. Things. Okay, which, which eye is smiling? Which part of him is smiling? Mm -hmm. um, Who 
smiling mm. at all. Um, um, yeah, I can refer this in my life. Like I can refer to this what what, what you said. Yeah, this. Oh, you did not. Gremlin use... joy, maybe gremlin joy. Yeah, that was a gremlin smile. It's not bad and it's not wrong, but it's useful to know your gremlin smile. It's smiling even right now. Can you feel it? Now I can feel it. Yeah, that, so that, that's, that sensation is your gremlin. It's useful to know that. So why is your gremlin, why is your gremlin smiling right now? Uh, it smiles because uh, it did something stupid and like okay what did it do yeah i was jumping and uh, and uh, and making up that i'm a monkey or something yeah, because okay, that was an experiment okay what feeling is that it's what? like it's like fear mixed with joy and anger maybe a little bit fear, fear with joy and a little bit anger okay this is it's probably embarrassment do you know the word embarrassment yeah okay does that make any sense you're embarrassed and so then you let your gremlin takes over look carol it doesn't really matter it does not really matter I'm trying to, this conversation is your, your gremlin, you're not aware when your gremlin takes over and runs your life. You're not, you cannot feel yet when your gremlin takes over your smile, your life, your laugh, and your gestures, you're not aware of that. And so that would be the next piece of work, really. The next work is about your gremlin is enmeshed your gremlin ego state is enmeshed in your adult ego state. Do you know, do you know about this distinction of contamination? I know that there is such a distinction, that there is such a meeting on calendar. Yes. Yes, that you've, you've, at some point in your childhood, something happened and you decided to contaminate this, your, your adult ego state that you already had with the gremlin and saying, gremlin, take over my life. It's safer if you run my life. It is safer if you run my life because I can't be vulnerable, I can't be honest, I can't be responsible. So you mm, you yes. go. Okay, yeah, but right now, sense. sorry? That, yeah. Okay, so this is a long work. Decontaminating your adult ego state from your gremlin ego state is a long word. It will take about one to two years if you're serious about it, but you can do it. Many people have done it and it will save your life. It will save your life if you do the work. So if you need to know more about this, um, I'll send you a couple of websites and people that you need to talk to. Please do it, yeah. Okay. So I just wanna say, I. Um, Give me a second, please. Um, 
I just, I took over the space because Carol's Gremlin was just running the space and it was not being, there was not being valuable or what, what needed to happen is to put this on the table is because Gremlin was running the space. So, okay. Would uh, Stephanie and Carol, would you give feedback and coaching to Birgit? What worked, what didn't work, what can she try? And I also would like to learn more about Gremlin because it's not, I'm uh, not so, I'm, I'm not sure if I understood well what Gremlin is. So maybe something to read about or to get more. Sorry. Who are you? Maybe if you if you can send me a link for a site, that I, I will. Can... I will send some some information about Gremlin. Yes. Yeah. Great. Okay. And now I listen to your coaching. Okay. So my feedback is what worked for me is uh, that you what you that you started off with something totally outside of the box, and uh, and you did something that moved my body and. I didn't expected it, and it showed me some possibilities. And, and yeah, and I'm curious, curious what would it. I feel some anger that there was a there was a comeback in the next minute, and then we were halfway through a sentence, and there was like, like out of the like stolen. I did not. I, I mean, I I don't know what happened. That's. Does anybody know what happened? Because I just left the breakout room. Ah, maybe. Maybe you closed mm. them or something. Oh, okay. Maybe when you leave it, then it leaves everyone. Everyone okay, I'm down to the breakout room that I closed the room in. Okay, good to know. Thank you. Sorry, I apologize. Does anybody need to complete a sentence? I will send you feedback, Mel, over Telegram. Great. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Me Thank too, you. Hannah. Okay. Apologies for that. I. We just have a few more minutes. And I would like to hear two people in the space. Would uh, Jacopo, would you just say a few sentences? Yes. I. Yeah, I. I. I enjoyed the process. So I enjoyed holding space for Jasmine just right now. And yeah, I was curious about the feedback, but there was no time. And. Uh, Yeah, I enjoyed, like, we went a bit non-linear, and I enjoyed that, and I'm still with that right now. And, uh, yeah, we had some identity shifting, and I enjoyed that. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. Anything else? No. Okay, thank you. And, and Julia, how is it going over there? Julia Mundell. 
Yeah, um, I enjoyed having Kiri's sword on my neck and it worked. I got some points <laughs> I want to work with. Can you tell us what? Can you tell us one of them? Yes, I feel um, kind of numb and afraid to use my sword and to even to use it on other people's neck. And she offered me or she with her sword on my neck, she said I should do it with to her. So I had a space to learn, to experiment, to experiment. And it felt good, but it's still, I still feel insecure because yeah, I didn't train it and I have still the nice being nice thing <laughs> inside of me. And yeah, and she asked me what's my value and I couldn't answer and that brought me in real um, sadness because it's far away from me. Okay, thank you. So you're, you have your next emotional healing process, it seems. Yes. Okay, great. Does anybody does not have an emotional healing process to go through this week in the EHP dojo? Anybody does not have one. Okay, I have. A, if you don't find one until uh, you hold space, you know, until you go into the EHP dojo, I would propose I, in the article that I wrote about uh, your job is what you want to exist. There's a process written up, calling it's called give back the pressure. And it's a half an hour process um, that you can hold, you know, you would exchange uh, space holding. So you, one person starts hold space and then the other person does it, which you have time in an hour and a half uh, EHP dojo. And it's about uh, giving back the idea, like all these voices about having to do it perfectly, having to do it right, having all, having to be a good person, a good uh, Christian, a good soldier, a good whatever, having to uh, behave according to some voices from other people to give those back. So it's the whole process is, is written up if you don't have a personal process uh, until the dojos. Okay, it's in the article, I'll post it again. I've, oh, great, yeah, you'll post it again, great. I'll post it again, yeah. Thank you. Cool. Okay, so uh, I think the I sort of given the experiments, uh, box expanding, uh, visibility expanding experiments, and one more is a movie, and this time it's a movie about women, and it's called uh, Fried Green Tomatoes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if you've seen it, please watch it again from this Rage Club space holder um, uh, context. And, and space holding fried green tomatoes. I'll I'll send it right. So fried. What's this? And the second word? Green. Green. Ah, green. Fried green mm -hmm. tomatoes. Grüne, grüne Tomaten auf Deutsch. Yeah. Grüne Tomaten. Yeah. 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 Okay, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, thank you for. Thank you. Good space. night.
Thank you. And people in between. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good night. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Nice to meet you. Bye all. bye. Bye. Next week. Thank bye. you. Bye everyone. Bye. bye. We're different. Bye. Ciao, oh. Natalia. <laughs> if anybody has questions, I'm available to stay. But otherwise, yeah. Aurora or Julia, anything? No, thank you. Sure. Yes. Well, <laughs> there are always many questions, but none of them are evident right now. <laughs> yeah. Thank you.